Today we're going to start with teaching about Daniel and Revelation, and uh, just to put some end time doctrines to rest, and uh, to get people to really just turn their eyes back to the cross of Jesus Christ, away from, thank you, away from the demon and the false prophet and the... Okay. Silence in the house. <laughs> it's really good news, I promise you. <laughs> All right. Has anyone been afraid of those doctrines? I don't know. It depends on how, how small you were when you first heard it. Okay. But uh, I really f- felt prompted to, to, to start really speaking about this again. And, uh, and then I really got prompted again, and then I really got prompted again, and then this week I just started studying some other information. So what you hear now uh, is I haven't preached before. Okay, but uh, I just want to give credit uh, to Pastor Annelies van Rensburg from Spirit Word. Thank you so much for your years of studying and teaching Daniel I think I first heard her 15 years ago teaching this, and it was such a blessing. And uh, so I, this week I really paid attention <laughs> to what she has to say, and, um, and I went to, to Britannica and to all kinds of other places to, to verify it, and it's all checking out. Okay. All right, so um, I want to start reading in... Daniel chapter 2. Okay, so we're not, obviously can't do the whole book of Daniel today. Let's just start reading and uh, hopefully by the time I need to, I'll be able to draw on a a dry board. Are you ready? Okay, so let's just say this is God's holy word. It was was, uh, given by the Holy Spirit. Holy men of old spake as they were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit move upon me. I will hear and bear good fruit. In Jesus' name. All right, so Daniel chapter 2. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. So this is now early on in the Babylonian uh, kingdom, the second year okay, of King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams by which his spirit was troubled and agitated and his sleep went from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians, the enchanters, the soothsayers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans, the diviners, to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Then said the Chaldeans, the diviners, to the king in Aramaic, the Syrian language, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will show you the interpretation. The king answered the Chaldeans, the thing is gone from me. So have you ever dreamt and you can't remember the dream? Okay, and the decree goes forth. So he didn't write it down. Okay, so the decree goes forth from me, and I say it with all emphasis. If you do not make known to me the dream with its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces, and your, your house shall be made a dunghill. <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's kind of something that, is, that a small child would decide. Okay, but anyway. If you can't tell me my dream and my interpretation, that's an irrational leader. Tell me my dream and the interpretation, otherwise I'll cut you in pieces and make your house a dunghill. <laughs> what? 
Okay. But if you show the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So show me the dream and the interpretation of it. They answered again, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will show the interpretation of it. The king answered, I will know with certainty that you are trying to gain time because you see the thing is gone from me and because you see that my word against you is sure. Okay. All right. So they couldn't do it. So let's just skip a few verses for time's sake. Verse 19, the secret was revealed to Daniel. So in a vision of the night, Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He removes kings. He sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have, no under- who have understanding. Okay, he reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what is in darkness and the light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers, who have given me wisdom and might and has made known to me what we desired of you. You have made known to us the solution to the king's problem. Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. So they got saved, like literally from cut, being cut into pieces. Bring me in before the king, and I will show to the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said this to him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation of his dream. The king said, Daniel, whose name was Balthasar, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation? Daniel answered to the king, The mysterious secret which the king has demanded, neither wise men, enchanters, magicians, astrologers can, can show the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secret, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what, is, what, uh, what it is that shall be in the latter days. At the end of days, your dream and visions in your head upon your bed are these. So it's speaking of the end of a certain time. It's not speaking of the end of the earth. It's speaking of the end of a certain time. Okay? So from their perspective... There is an end coming. Okay? Now he's starting to lay this thing out. As for you, O king, as you were lying upon your bed, thoughts came into your mind about what should come to pass hereafter. And he who reveals secrets is making known to you what shall come to pass. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than anyone else living, but in order that the interpretation may be made known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your heart and mind. Your king saw, and behold, there was a great image. Okay, so there was an image. The image, uh, which was mighty and exceedingly great brightness, stood before you, and the appearance of it was frightening and terrible. As for this image, its head was of fine gold, its breast and its arms of silver, its belly and its thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay, the baked clay of the potter. As you looked, a stone was cut out without human hands, which smote the image on its feet of iron and and baked clay in the potter and broke them to pieces. Then the iron, the baked clay of the potter, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken and crushed together and became like chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, 
so that not a trace of them could be found. Not a trace of them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain, a rock, and filled the whole earth. Okay. Much to say about the mountain. Let's stick to that. This was the dream, and we will tell the interpretation of a king. You, O king, are the king of the earthly kings to whom God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, the might, and the glory. And wherever the children dwell and the beasts of the field and the birds of heavens, he has given them into your hand and has made you to rule over them all. The king of Babylon are the head of gold. And after you shall arise another kingdom, the Medo-Persian, inferior to you, and still a third kingdom of bronze Greece under Alexander the Great, which shall bear rule over all the earth. Okay, so it says Greece in brackets under Alexander the Great. Okay, so, but he's just said to the king uh, of bronze, which shall bear rule over you. And the fourth kingdom, which we know is Rome, shall be strong as iron, since iron breaks to pieces and subdues all things, and like iron which crushes, it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw the feet and toes partly of baked clay of the potter and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom, but there shall be in it some of the firmness and strength of iron, just as you saw the iron and mixed with miry earthen clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly of baked clay of the potter, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle and broken. And as you saw the iron mixed with miry and earthen clay, so they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men in marriage bonds, and they will not hold together, for two such elements of ideologies can never harmonize, even as iron does not mingle itself with clay. And in the days of these final ten kings... Shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, nor shall its sovereignty be left to another people, but it shall break and crush and, and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and it broke in pieces the iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold, the great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass. Okay, let's start on this side. So, he saw... There was a head, and then there was the breast, and then there was the, the, the thighs, and then there were the legs. These are very thick legs. Okay. Probably some arms there as well. Okay, his hands are in his pocket. Okay. <laughs> I'm not an artist. Okay. So, this is gold, this is silver, this is bronze, brass, and this is iron, and then this is iron and clay. This is Rome. The whole thing. It's split, but it's still Rome. Only it, it split a couple of hundred years after 70 AD, but it's, it's split and it ended quite some time after. This is, the gold is uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. This is Babylon. The silver 
is Medo-Persia. The bronze is Greece. And the iron is Rome. Okay, so it's four kingdoms. So you can see this as a timeline. Okay. That's the knee and the leg. Okay, it's a timeline. So this is... This is Babylon. And this is Medo-Persia. We all had this in Sunday school. This is Greece. And this is Rome. Okay. So, this is the timeline. This is one image speaking of one uninterrupted time. That's a knee. Okay? This one, I check it's a knee gestamped in it. Okay. So, this is one uninterrupted timeline. There's no gap between the legs and the feet. It's got boots on. Okay. There's no gap between the legs and the feet. Okay. So, next week, we will look at Daniel chapter 9 and the 70 weeks of years. And you will find that it is one uninterrupted timeline of 490 years. And there is no gap in the weeks of years. Okay. Right. And I'll prove it out of scripture. Okay. So. Sorry. My writing is really bad today. That's Medo-Persia. Okay. Let's go to Daniel chapter 7. So this is just a lot of information, but I need to give this, I need to, to, to speak this so that we can just see when this speaks about. The time is so important of it, because if people got the wrong time, their doctrines just go haywire and flaky. Okay. Now, in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. So now Daniel himself had a dream. And visions of the night as he was lying upon his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the gist of the matter. Daniel said, I saw in my vision by night and behold four winds of the heaven. So four, these four kingdoms. These four winds. Okay. And in Revelation there's four winds. But there's also in Revelation four horses. Speaks of the same stuff. Okay? It's not something else, it's the same. So these kingdoms were constantly, constantly waging warfare from all the different sides against Israel, <laughs> against them. So from the four winds, it's it's all the it's them constantly waging war. Okay. So it says. Daniel said in the first vision of the night, Behold, the four winds, the even political and social agitations, were stirring up the great sea, the nation of the world, the nations of the world. And four great beasts came up out of the sea in succession, and different from one another. So out of the sea they come up. The first Babylonian empire on Nebuchadnezzar was like a lion. So there you got gold, Babylon, lion. And Babylon... They had a symbol. You know, like America have the eagle. 
They had a symbol. And their symbol was lions. All over. It was lions everywhere. Lions. So the lion is Babylon. The first was a lion. I looked up till the wings of it were plucked. And it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon two feet as a man. And a man's heart was given to it. Okay, so it's not a straightforward lion. This is, but it's a lion with different attributes. Again, okay, behold, another beast, a second one. The Medo-Persian Empire was like a bear. And it, was, it raised up itself on one side or one dominion. And three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth. And it was told, arise, devour much flesh. Okay, that's the bear. Behold, another beast, second one. The Medo-Persian Empire was like a bear. After this, I look and behold, another, the Grecian Empire, Alexander the Great, like a leopard, which had four wings of a bird on its back. The beast had also four heads. So now it says, it speaks of Alexander's generals, his successors, okay? And dominion was given to it. So it's spiritual visions, not an actual beast, okay? So it says the beast had four heads. So it was the leopard. And this one is a hectic one. Okay? After this, I, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, the Roman Empire, terrible, powerful, dreadful, exceedingly strong, and it had the great iron teeth, and it devoured and crushed and trampled what was left with its feet, and it was different from all the other beasts that came before it, and it had ten horns symbolizing ten kings. Okay, so it was a beast much like that was written on the board before. Okay, so it was like, and it had ten horns. You know? Okay. So it is, you know, Okay. A beast, yeah. It's like the Tasmanian devil. Remember that cartoon? <laughs> I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among the, uh, them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. Right. So... There were ten horns, but the last three were plucked out. And this one was great. And he had a mouth. Okay, so let's just look at this beast is from which kingdom? This kingdom. What does it symbolize? Ten kings. It symbolizes Rome. Okay, we look in detail later a little bit, but I want to run to Luke chapter 3, and then we turn to history. So he says, in the 15th year of Tiberius, Caesar's reign. Okay, so now it gives us a good time. 15th year of Tiberius. So Tiberius is one of the ten. So we know that that passage connects here. Okay, so this is Rome. So... Now there's going to be a timeline of these different people. All right. So, let's get the names. Ten kings. One is Julius. 
the second Juju, the second Augustus. Okay, the third is Tiberius. So in Tiberius' time was the birth and the, okay, let's just make it a little, little star, the Bethlehem star. Okay, the birth and the crucifixion of Jesus is in this time, Tiberius. Okay, number four is Caligula, almost like Dracula. Caligula. Then we've got Claudius, Claudius. Then we got Nero, that was acquainted with fire. <laughs> okay, then we got the three, Galba, number eight, Otto, number nine, Vitellius, number ten, Vespasian. So, these three all fell in one year. So what happened was, there was the Jewish rebellions. Okay, around about uh, 66, 67 AD, around about there, there were these rebellions in, in Judea. And the Jews wanted to kind of, you know, stop this thing. And when Nero died, there was a great void in leadership. So all these guys tried to become the Caesar, and they were all cut off all in one year. It was kind of the year of four emperors, and they were, then Vespasian came. Now Vespasian and his son Titus were actually on the ground fighting, leading legions to quench all these little... Uh, rebellions all over, all over. Not in Israel, but they quenched all these rebellions. And then this happened, and then Vespasian filled the void of leadership. And under the rule of Vespasian, his son Titus, but we'll look at that next week, led the legions that basically ended up doing the siege around Jerusalem. And it took them... Quite some time to break through. <laughs> it took them, I mean, Jerusalem wasn't an easy place to, to, to conquer. Okay, so Titus, Prince Titus of Rome, we'll look at that next week, uh, led it under his father Vespasian. Okay, so there you have it. You have everything written there. So you have, there were horns, ten horns, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots and behold, in, its, uh, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and mouth speaking great things. And he started the Flavian dynasty. Must have had good flavor. So Flavian de de dynasty, uh, of which Titus was the heir. He became the next, number 11, he became the next uh, emperor. Okay, so there's the 10. All right, so... Just look at me. It doesn't speak of rulers of today. It is fulfilled clearly, <laughs> very specifically in this time. 
Okay, so Vespasian in 70 AD, 70 AD was around about year. No, that knee doesn't work there. Let's put the knee there. Okay. Okay, so maybe Tiberius was about year. Okay, and 70 AD was maybe about there. And there were the burning down of Jerusalem. Around about year was the cross. Okay, so after that, there was still a period of time of succession of Roman emperors. Until, I got the date here. Uh, no, it's in my other notebook. I think 200 and something when the Roman Empire split. And that only happened there. Okay, so and then the thing just went its way and Rome was, Rome fell. Okay, but this speaks of a specific time period. Is, does it make sense? Okay. All right, so now I want to jump to, so today is not heavy, deep revelation or anything, it's just the facts. Just bringing the facts so that we can put everything together. So that we can see that this stuff is fulfilled in 70 AD. It's not, just, it's not still coming. It's clearly in history. You can just go to Britannica's website. It's funny. If you start searching out these dates on the internet, especially with Wikipedia, you get conflicting dates of all these Roman empires. But luckily, there's some people that actually studied the stuff. So thank you, Britannica, for, for having all the dates right. Okay. So... So there you go. You got it. Okay. Now let's just go to Revelation chapter 13. So today, I mean, it's just so much information. I just want to put the information out there, and then next week we'll look at some more prophecies. Okay. So in Revelation chapter 13, he says, As I stood on the sandy beach, so it arose from the sea, so it speaks of the sand of the seashore. So now he says, now it's the apostle John that's seeing a spiritual vision. So this vision has over time uh, kind of evolved as the, uh, the message of it has evolved and become clearer. But it speaks of the same thing. It doesn't speak of a different thing. It says, I stood on the sandy beach. I saw a beast coming up out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads. So we got the beast. The beast... With ten horns, it's the same ten horns, and with seven heads. Now, what have we heard about the beast? Okay, and the ten horns and the seven. Just listen. Go back to Luke chapter 3. Let's just get the names of the seven horns. Oh, there's the seven heads. So today, it's just plain and simple information. Nothing deep. Okay. So, Isaiah 34 says you have to search out the word and find the mate of the scripture. Okay? So, if you find the mate, you, the scripture will explain the scripture. Okay? You don't have to go look on CNN. You don't have to go look on, especially, the media. You don't have to go, oh, well, this is what Russia is doing. And, oh, yeah, Russia is the bear. Russia is not the bear. Russian bear is a vodka brand. Okay, it's Russia is not the bear. Okay, 
So, you know what you know, China, and the Antichrist, yeah, the Antichrist has been everybody. I mean, everyone worships Nelson Mandela, but everyone says, was saying before uh, 94 that, uh, that Nelson Mandela was the Antichrist. And Nelson Mandela wasn't the Antichrist, and neither was the Adolf Hitler. They were not the Antichrist. Maybe some of them did have the spirit of Antichrist. <laughs> but the spirit of Antichrist is anyone that speaks against Christ. Anyone that tries to destroy the church or subdue the church or that's speaking against the anointing, the power outflowing of the anointing. Okay? So, but we'll look at the false prophet in a moment. I love shooting these things. Okay. In the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar's reign. So we know we're around about there. Okay? Now we're already in Rome. Just listen. When Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea. I just want to tell you a story first. Something I heard years ago that Prophet Quivers told me. It was so cute. There was this little boy. And in Sunday school, they had to draw a picture of Jesus that, was, that just got born. You know, the, the birth of Jesus. And, you know, there's this picture and there's this, this little a crib with Jesus in it, you know, some animals around it, you know, a sheep and a donkey, and a, you know, the whole scene, the whole nativity scene. And there's this jet going, so what's the jet? No, it's for Pontius the pilot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I just like that. Okay, but it's not, it's not, Pontius was not a pilot. Okay, so here's the seven rulers. Okay. It says, the seven heads of the beast. It was Pontius Pilate. <laughs> Pontius Pilate. He was late. Okay. Like this. All right. Then, it was Herod the Tetrarch. Then it was Philip, his brother. The Tetrarch. Then Trachonitis. How's that for a name for your new baby? Okay, Trachonitis. Sounds like some breathing disorder or something. Lysanias. No, wait. Lysanias. And then Anna. The high priestly order of Anna and Okay. All right. Luke chapter 3 gives you the seven heads of the beast. So now it's seven rulers that were against Jesus when he was born. Okay? In his whole life. These, these people, I mean, Herod tried to kill him. Pontius uh, found no fault in him, but he handed him over to be crucified anyway. Okay, and these guys were not fans. Okay. Anna and Caiaphas, the high priests. You know, the high priests. Have you ever read the Gospels? Okay. So, here are the seven heads of the, of the beast. Ten horns, 
seven heads. Nothing is still coming of that. None of that is still coming. All of this is fulfilled. The vision and the dream that Daniel saw was a prophecy of the end of the Jewish world at the destruction of Jerusalem and the sanctuary, 70 AD. All the prophets prophesied, prophes, all the prophets prophesied fire for Jerusalem. They all prophesied fire. Did Jerusalem burn down? Yes. So why do we want to read anything else into that? Why do we want to take a gap and say, no, 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 this is still coming, this tribulation and this fire and this destruction of the end? No, 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 we just cut off the leg and we just make these legs 2,000 years longer. It didn't look like a flamingo. The, the legs are not 2,000 years long. The legs are just as long as they are. It's an uninterrupted period. All right. Back to... Okay, let's go to Revelation. I hope this is blessing someone. I, I'm just, I mean, this is not deep revelation. I don't believe you need to know any of this to know Jesus. Isn't it funny that, you know, when you, when you touch on the end time doctrines, people say, oh, how can you even be saved? I got saved by believing in Jesus. And I've got scripture for that. There's no scripture that says you need, you need to believe in an end time doctrine that came 100 years ago. So almost 2,000 years after the apostles preached that this doctrine popped up. And if you don't believe this doctrine, then you're not saved. What kind of nonsense is that? Where do you get that in the Bible? So if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you've received the Holy Ghost and you've given your life to Jesus, you're saved. So what's the point in... Why do we need to get our ducks in a row because of the end time doctrines? Because people are manipulating you and they're extracting money out of you because of fear, because fear sells books. There's nothing to fear. There's no tribulation coming. Next year, there'll be another, uh, another crisis. There'll be another beast or another false prophet. There'll be another world dictator or ruler that they say. There'll be another book. There'll be another prophecy of when the world will end. How many ends of the world have I survived now? In, a, in over 120 years, not one prophecy came to pass. That should say something. Not one. So I'm just humbly submitting what I see in the scriptures. Thank you for people that studied the stuff out before us. Thank you. Pastor Annalise van Esper. Thank you to people like, like uh, Dr. Kelly Varner that's been saying this for decades in America, but no one's listening. So America, wake up. We can't mix political ideology with the gospel. We can't. So either we preach Christ or we preach trash. So wake up. We need to get back to the blood of Jesus and the gospel of grace. This is what Joseph Prince has been saying. He did a tour right through America in 2019, saying America needs to get back to the gospel of grace. So I'm in agreement. Bless you. Pastor Joseph Prince, love you, man. Okay, so Revelation chapter 13. As I stood on a sandy beach, I saw a beast coming up out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads. On his horns, he had ten royal crowns. Okay, so that means the ten must be ten kings. There we have their names. 
and blasphemous titles on his heads. So they all lifted up themselves. They all tried to be God. All of these, especially around these, Nero did it definitely. But many of these guys actually put statues of themselves in the Jewish temple and told the people to worship it. Okay. Blasphemous titles. And the beast that I saw resembled dun, 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 a leopard. His feet was, was like that of a bear. And his mouth was like that of a lion. So now it's one beast with attributes of these four beasts. Okay, so which means that all of them are the spirit of Antichrist, is the beast. Okay, so that politi- these political ideologies, what are they rooted in? I'm the greatest, I'm the best. Worship me or I'll throw you into the lion's den. Worship me or I'll throw you into a fiery furnace. That spirit, that's the problem. Everyone thinks they're the greatest. Everyone thinks they're the most awesome. And that's a syndrome that keeps on running through history. Keeps on running through history. Everyone exalts themselves and then they get smashed up. And then it's just a new beginning for someone else standing up that exalts himself and they'll just be smashed up. But all of this has already been fulfilled in history. It's already done. Okay. They fell down and paid homage to the dragon. Now there's a dragon. Because he has bestowed on the beast all his dominion and authority. So this beast was inspired by the dragon. Got its power from the dragon. So what is the dragon? Well, the word calls him that old serpent, the dragon, which is Satan. Which has been lying from the beginning. Says Jesus in John chapter 8. You are of your father, the devil, and that's what my words have no entrance into your heart, and that's why you want to kill me. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they may have life. John 10. But Jesus said in John 8 to the Pharisees, You want to kill me because you do the works and the lusts of your father, you are of your father, the devil. So the devil, which is the serpent, which is the dragon, the murderous spirit, were in all of these. And that's why they kept on persecuting God's people. But now, here's the trick. In the Babylonian captivity, they started worshipping Babylon instead of God. So, they started worshipping the Babylonian system. So, you become what you worship. Alright? So, God never instituted synagogues. Where, where did the synagogues come from? From Babylon. God never instituted it. God never instituted the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes. All came after Babylon. So when Jesus appeared, first John the Baptist. John the Baptist said, you can check it out in Matthew 23, and you can also check it out in earlier on. John the Baptist said to them, Who are you to think that you can escape the wrath of God by being baptized? Go and bear fruit of repentance. So he didn't want to baptize them. Go and bear fruit of repentance. 
Jesus said, You serpent seed, you brood of vipers. He called them serpent seed. So, in the beginning, tree of knowledge of good and evil, tree of life. The serpent came and beguiled Eve. And after that, God said to the serpent, Your seed will bruise the heel of her seed. But her seed will crush the head of the seed of the serpent. So it's the seed of the serpent. Who's the seed of the serpent? Scribes, Sadducees, Pharisees. All who are energized by the dragon. So Jesus called the Pharisees, the brood of vipers, serpent seed. And he ended the authority and the power and the dominion that they had, that darkness had. By becoming the lamb that was offered on the cross of Jesus Christ. By that, he ended the law. He ended all oblations and sacrifices. We look at Daniel chapter 9 next week. He stopped the sacrifices. He ended everything that gave them power. And he said, right, it's time for a new thing. God finds fault with the old, says Hebrews chapter 8, saying, I will bring a new covenant. And I will write my laws, says the Holy Spirit, on their hearts and minds. Okay? So, it will not be like the old one where I withdrew my favor because of disobedience. The new is totally different. He said, in those days I will bring a new covenant. So, God, a long time ago, in Jeremiah 31, He said it, I'm going to bring a new thing. Alright? So, he brought the new thing, was my great. He brought the new thing here. So that's Hebrews chapter 10. He says, According to this will of God, we have been made holy through the offering of the flesh body of Jesus Christ once for all. Boom. Once for all. Which means he's the last sacrifice of the old. Which means he ended the sacrifices. More on that next week. But, last sacrifice. Do you know that the Schofield Bible in 1909 says that animal sacrifices will be offered in a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem? <clears throat> so is Jesus not the sacrifice? It's blasphemy. It's blasphemy to trample the blood of Jesus and, and offer animal sacrifices in a rebuilt temple. Jesus said, break this thing down. Yeah. And in three days I will raise it up, speaking of his body. Yeah. Do you see how important it is to just see the stuff for what it is? Because many people don't search it out. They just say, no, but you know, rapture, it's our tradition. It's a, yeah, no, no, no. I don't understand all the detail, but if you don't believe it, you're not saved. Search it out. Don't you have a heart for truth? Search it out then at least to prove that it's true. 
but they can't even decide on their false doctrines. I mean, there's so many variants on that as well. So either Jesus is the Messiah, or the Messiah still needs to come. Which is it? Either Jesus is the sacrifice that fulfilled everything, all the types, the antitype, not anti, ante, antitype, which means the fulfillment of all the types. Or we still wait to need for another. Remember in Matthew chapter 11, the disciples of John the Baptist came to, to Jesus and said, Are you the one? Or shall we wait for another one? So our master, John the Baptist, he sent us. He said, are you the one? Or shall we wait for another one? Jesus answered. He said, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed are everyone who is not offended because of me. Okay? Just before John the Baptist was beheaded. So if the blind see... And the deaf ear and the lame walk, the Messiah must have come. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And these signs will follow them that believe. Oh, no, but you know, this miracles. No, no, it ended at the death of the last apostle. Well, clearly, then you haven't seen what God has done here. And much more clearly, I haven't seen what God has done from 2000 to 2013 at Spirit Word Ministries. Oral Roberts himself said, that wild man in Africa saw more people saved, or more, more miracles, than the whole of the healing revival and all the people that ministered in it combined. We're talking about, I think, close to 20,000 cripples walking. They stopped counting at 16,000, and then they were still went on for a couple of years. <laughs> okay, Say, safely, around about 20,000 cripples walking. That's not counting the deaf ears, the blind eyes, the dead that was right, the cancers that was healed, all the people that came off drugs, all the stuff, signs, wonders, and miracles happening. Glory clouds hanging in the church, gold dust raining on the people. So, okay, anyway, let's just get back to the message. Just want to say, there's no tribulation coming. Jesus is not about to snatch his church away in secret. He's not like the American president that snatched a few people out of Afghanistan and left the rest of them over to the Taliban. Sounds a lot like the rapture, doesn't it? So, Bless you. Whatever your opinion of is, is on it, I don't care. I hate war, but you can't just create a void of power and then think everything is going to be fine. Okay. One of his heads seemed to have a deadly wound, but his head stroke was healed, and the whole earth went after the beast in amazement. And admiration. They fell down and paid homage to the dragon because he had bestowed on the beast all his dominion and authority. They also praised and worshipped the beast, exclaiming, Who is a match for the beast and who can make war against him? How many praises have you heard? 
to the dragon from churches. How great the devil is. How bad the devil is. How big the devil is. People starting to praise the devil. People starting to praise uh, Satan. People starting to praise their problems. Oh, you don't know. There's no problem like my problem. There's no problem like my problem. My problem is greater than your problem. My problem is the greatest. There's no, there's no problem beside it. Instead of <laughs> worshiping God and honoring God, we worship our problems. So don't look for that everywhere. I mean, it's, if we are constantly looking at the problem, we are not operating according to the Spirit of God. Okay? We need to trust in Him. The beast was given to the power of, uh, the power of speech, uttering boastful, blasphemous words. And he was given freedom to exert his authority and to exercise his will during 42 months, three and a half years. And he opened his mouth to speak slanders against God, blaspheming his name and his abode, even vilifying those who live in heaven. He was further permitted to wage war on God's holy people and to overcome them. And power was given to him and extended his authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation. And all the inhabitants of the earth will fall down in adoration and pay homage Everyone whose name has not been recorded in the book of life of the Lamb that was slain in sacrifice from the foundation of the world. Not the foundation of the earth, the foundation of the world. Okay, uh, so Second Peter chapter 3. For they willfully overlook and forget this fact, verse 5. That the heavens came into existence long ago by the word of God and the earth also which was formed out of water by means of water through which the world that then existed, the world that then existed, was deluged with water and perished. But the same word, the present heavens and earth, have been stored up and reserved for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction for the ungodly people. So this has been spoken before 70 AD. Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape you, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. With other words, the millennial thing. It's just a time. It's a perfect time. Ten times ten, ten times ten. Length, breadth, height, the same. It's a perfect time. It's not a millennium. The word millennium is not in the Bible. The Lord does not delay and is not tardy and slow about what He promises, according to some people's conception of slowness. But He is long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you, not desiring that anyone should perish. So, 490 years He gave to Israel to repent. He's extraordinarily uh, patient. How many times shall we forgive? Up to seven times, Jesus said. No, 70 times seven, 490 years. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Then the heavens will vanish, and the thunders crash, and the, uh, the elements of the universe will be dissolved with fire. So the coming of the Son of Man is like a thief in the night. The coming of the Lord of glory is with the last trumpet call. A thief does not come with a trumpet. We are not expecting the thief in the night. We're expecting the trumpet call. He's not coming as Messiah. He came as Messiah. He's coming as Lord of glory to bring us all to full salvation. This is Hebrews chapter 9. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Verse 26, round about there if you want to check it out. And then the heavens will vanish and the, uh, with a thunderous crash and the material elements, the elements... Uh, it's not speaking of the earth. It's speaking of the Jewish world. will be dissolved with fire. The temple with the elements in it was dissolved with fire. And the earth and the works that are on it will be burned up. 
since all these things are thus in the process of being dissolved, what kind of person ought each one of you to be in the meanwhile in consecrated holy behavior and devout and godly qualities? He's speaking to people before 70 AD. While you wait and earnestly long for and expect and hasten the coming of the day of, of God by reason of which the flaming heavens will be dissolved and the material elements of the universe will flare and melt with fire. But we look for new heavens and a new earth according to His promise with righteousness, uprightness, freedom from sin and right standing with God is to abide. New heavens, new earth. That means a new world. That means the world that was the kingdom of heaven that is established on the earth after 70 AD. Remember, the rock came and smashed the statue, which is the kingdom of God. It grew into a big mountain, and it filled the old earth. Oh, you have not come to Mount Zion, which represents the old, but you have come to Mount Sinai, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the church of the firstborn, to the spirits of the saints made perfect. You have come to this spiritual mountain. First Peter chapter 2, he mentions it. Come like a living stone, be, be built into this spiritual abode. So the world now, the mountain now, is after 70 AD, the kingdom was fully established. The old had to be removed. God gave uh, a generation time for them to, to repent again. Now, we've spent, I'm jumping around, forgive me. We've spent so much time on Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 is a warning for Israel. And in Hebrews chapter 4, he says, Don't think that you're going to enter in if you don't believe. The Israelites of old, they refused to be united in faith with Joshua and Caleb. So they did not enter into the promised land. So God says, that was not the rest that he Intended. Because why would he talk of another day if that was the rest? But it was a parable of things to come. So those who did not believe, around the old mountain that can be touched, the mountain blazed with fire, 40 years in the desert until they all died and perished and their bodies were strewn in the wilderness. Those who believed, united with faith with Joshua and Caleb, entered in went through the water of baptism, went through the, the water of the Jordan into the promised land. Okay, so they needed to leave the old to enter the new. So the same thing. Here is Jesus, and he says in Matthew chapter 23 and in Matthew chapter 24, all these things will take place in this generation. A generation is 40 years. 40 years after the cross, 40 years after 30 AD, 70 AD, the burning down and the destruction of Jerusalem. 40 years, the same 40 years as the 40 years previously uh, uh, established in the pattern. So there's a pattern that needed to play out. Okay, so 40 years and in that 40 years, they persecuted the church. In that 40 years, there was rebellion upon rebellion. And they refused to repent. So the finish of the coming of the Son of Man was 70 AD. Because it's Jesus' word that found fulfillment. So it's from Jesus' birth until Jesus, or the last week of years that began Jesus' uh, baptism, to the end of 70 AD, coming of the Son of Man. It's not a different coming, it's the same coming. 
the next coming is coming of the Lord of glory. Okay, so Jesus, uh, shall I do the thing of the fire and the water? Okay, I'll just mention it quickly. Jesus said in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus, Unless you are born of water and spirit, you shall not enter the kingdom. But later he said, John the Baptist said, The one who comes after me, I am not worthy to untie his shoelaces. He will come and baptize with spirit and fire. So, the water. It's like the days of Noah. First Peter 3. The water was a picture of salvation of eight people from the unrighteousness of the first world. God saved by water. So the baptism is a picture of that. So we are born from water. The second end of the world is the baptism of fire. So he baptizes you with the Holy Ghost and fire. What does the fire of the Holy Ghost do? It completely removes the old out of you. Do you get it? Born of water and spirit. Baptized with water and fire. Okay? So we are born, we die in baptism, we are raised to a new life. We receive a baptism of spirit which completely removes the old out of our life. So uh, he, uh, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says, what's this factions? What's this parties among you? Are you not unspiritual carnal men with all these parties and fightings and factions? I'm with Paul, I'm with Apollos. Paul preached and Apollos watered, so and Apollos watered, God gave the increase. Okay? He says, like a skillful architect, I laid the foundation. Let no one lay another foundation than the foundation that is laid, which is Christ. The foundation has been laid before the, or the uh, land that was laid before the foundation of the world. Let no one lay another foundation than the foundation that is laid, which is Christ. So when was the foundation laid? When the apostles preached. Because in the vision, in the revelation, it's the apostles' names on the foundation stones. Okay, So they laid the foundation of what? Of what Jesus came to do. They preached the message. They laid the foundation before uh, he was crucified before the foundation of the world. So he was crucified, the foundation was laid, the old was completely removed at 70 AD and the kingdom was established. Please get it. This is not pre-existence. We all existed with God before the world in him somewhere in some space. No. I started existing in 79. Okay, maybe he started existing in somewhere in November 78. But, you know, legally I started existing in end of July 79. <laughs> I don't know if to explain that, do I? Okay. So. Is it too much? Okay. I just want to tell you this. I, I, I don't want to go into all the different details. 
but it's all a pattern, a pattern, a pattern of things which are to come, a pattern of things which are to come. This is like the days of Noah that I swore, as I swore that I will never cover the earth with the waters again, so have I swore that I will not be angry with them again. Says Isaiah 54, verse 9 and 10. Okay? God is not about to pour out fire on the earth. The tribulation came in 70 AD. Jesus said, This is not someone else. Jesus himself said, Almost made an inappropriate joke. Okay. This is not someone else. Jesus himself said, the tribulation, like there has never been, and like there will never be afterwards. And it was not seven-year tribulation. It was as long as the Jewish war took to take out Jerusalem. That's how long the tribulation was. Okay? He was given power. That beast was given power over Jerusalem. It could have been about three years, three and a half years, because it's three and a half years from 67 to 70 AD. As long as it took Prince Titus of Rome to break through the barriers of Jerusalem and stream into that place and destroy it, the fire was so hot. They stood there and they said, this is not the work of man. We couldn't do this. It looked like sulfur rained on the place. It was, the fire was so hot, the gold in the temple melted. And remember, who rebuilt the temple? Herod. Okay? It's not God's temple. God was never dwelling in temples made with hands. I'm sorry I'm jumping around. Can I put another thing in brackets? Do you know that King Antiochus? Antaxarxes from Babylon. I'm better with Uranoma. Okay. He sent Ezra the prophet back to build, rebuild the temple. Herod funded it. Herod built it. Okay. Let's leave it there. The fire was so hot that the gold melted. And it went in between the bricks and the stuff. So they broke down the remains of it to get out the gold. Like Jesus said, not, no two stones was left upon another. Destroyed, broken apart, never to be rebuilt again. They will listen to me, America. Never, ever be a rebuilt temple on that hill in Jerusalem. To rebuild that temple is blasphemy. The temple is rebuilt. The temple is you and I who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? God does not dwell in temples made with hands, which is exactly what Stephen said before they dragged him out and stoned him. Okay. Revelation chapter 17. Sorry, there's a lot of detail in 13 that I didn't address, but the time. I just want to, to get you, give you a historical context of when these scriptures take place. 
and the focus point of it is all the cross to 70 AD. Okay? So if you read of fire, you read of 70 AD. The city burned in the scriptures. And the cross of Jesus Christ ending the old. So this period of time between the cross, Jesus said, I end the old as a means of expiating sin so that I inaugurate and establish the new. So it was there. And in that 40 years from, from the cross till 70 AD, the old stuff diminished. John 3, verse 30, the old. John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. Until there, it was all destroyed. The old was completely taken out. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 8, that we quote so much. By this, the Holy Spirit points out that the way into the true Holy of Holies, the spiritual one, the spiritual kingdom, is not open as long as the former tabernacle remains a recognized institution in standing. So the old, well, if the old is recognized, the new is not fully come in your life. So the old had to be completely removed for the new to stand. And this, from the year on, is the kingdom of God. World without end, says Ephesians. Okay. Ephesians chapter, what's it? End of chapter 3. King James Version. Okay. So, Revelation 17, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls then came and spoke to me saying, come with me. I will show you the doom, the sentence, the judgment of the great harlot. Oh my goodness, now there's a harlot on the scene. Not there. <laughs> now now there's, a, there's a harlot on the scene. She with whom the rulers of the earth have joined in prostitutions. And with the wine of those immorality, idolatry, the inhabitants of the earth have become intoxicated. So they've become intoxicated with the wine of the harlot. Okay? Verse 3. The angel bore me away, wrapped in the spirit, into a desert wilderness. And I saw a woman seated on a scarlet beast that was all covered with blasphemous titles. And he had seven heads and seven horns. Okay, so here's the beast. Here's the beast. Nice depiction of the beast. But on the beast sat, let's give her a robe. And there's her head. And there's her hair. She's riding this beast. Okay? I saw a woman seated on a scarlet beast that was all covered with blasphemous titles. He had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was robed in purple. That means she liked to be in charge. You know, the, ro the purple was royalty. And scarlet, the sin, and bedecked with gold, precious stones and pearls. And she was holding in her hand a golden cup full of accursed, the accursed offenses and the filth of her lewdness and vice. And on her forehead... There was inscribed the name of mystery. So this is not a name that is clear. It's a mystery with secret symbolic meaning. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the filth and atrocities and abominations of the earth. 
I also saw the woman was drunk, drunk with the blood of the saints, God's people, and the blood of the martyrs who witnessed Jesus. And I saw her. I was utterly amazed and wondered greatly. Okay. So here's this woman riding this beast. Good luck to her. So she says, on her forehead, it says, Babylon the Great. Riding the beast. But it's a mysterious name. And on her forehead, okay, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes, abominations. I also saw the, the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints. But the angel said to me, why do you wonder? I will explain to you the secret meaning of the mystery of the woman as well as of the beast having seven heads and ten horns. The beast that you saw once was, but now is no more. He once was, but now is no more. Do you get it? But, uh, and he's going to come up out of the abyss and proceed to go to perdition. And the inhabitants of the earth whose names have not been recorded in the book of life from the foundation of the world will be astonished when they look at the beast because he once was but now is no more and is yet to come. And he is to come. This calls for a mind to consider that is packed with wisdom and intelligence. This is something for a particular mode of thinking and judging of the thoughts, feelings, and purposes. The seven heads are seven hills upon which the woman is sitting. Okay. Heels right through the Bible, the heads, the heels are rulers. Okay, so it's speaking of those rulers. And there are also seven kings. So there you've got their names, seven kings. Pontius Pilate, Herod, Philip, Trachonitis, uh, Sasanias, Anna, and Caiaphas. Five of whom have fallen, still exists in his reigning, the other uh, seventh has not yet appeared, and when he does arrive, he must stay home in the brief time. Okay. Eighth ruler, king head, but he is of the seven and belongs to them, and he goes to the perdition. Right. We'll rule for a single hour. Verse 14, they will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will triumph over them. So Israel joining forces with the world to wage war against the Lamb. For he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those who are with him on his side are chosen and called and elected by loyal, faithful followers. And the angel further said to me, The waters that you observed with a harlot, where the harlot is seated, are races, multitudes, and nations, and dialects. And the ten horns that you saw, they, are the be um, they and the beast will be the very ones to, uh, to hate the harlot. So the ten horns... Are the ones that destroyed Israel, right? With 70 AD. So the, the harlot is Israel. They will make the, or the, at least Jerusalem, they will make her cheerless, bereaved, desolate, and they will strip her and eat up her flesh and utterly consume her with dun, 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 fire. God has put it into her hearts, into their hearts, to carry out his own purpose and acting in harmony with surrendering their royal power and authority to the beast until the prophetic words are fulfilled. The woman that you saw is herself the great city which dominates and controls the rulers and leaders of the earth. You can check Galatians 4 for a reference there. Okay, so here is this harlot. She is the great Babylon the Great, she is the great city. And she will be burnt with fire. In history, Babylon 
was never burnt with fire. Jerusalem was burnt with fire. The harlot, Babylon the Great, drunk on the blood of the saints. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen says, just before he was stoned, he said, you hypocrites, he said to them, you uncircumcised in, in heart and in ear, who of the prophets did you not persecute? Whom of the prophets did you not persecute? As your forefathers did, so do you. And now you murdered the son. Now you murdered the very source of life himself. It's referring to Jesus. And they gnashed their teeth and they cried out in a strong voice. Okay, there will be a wailing and a gnashing of teeth. They gnashed at their teeth and they cried with a strong voice. And they grabbed Stephen and they dragged him outside the city and they stoned him. He stood up and he saw a vision of the Son of Man standing next to the Father. So they had their time. So they said, okay, now we're turning to the Gentiles. In Acts chapter 8, went to Samaria. They got the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 9, Paul was called. Acts chapter 10, the Holy Ghost in the house of Cornelius. Acts chapter 13, Paul says to the, to the people, we've uh, uh, preached to you the gospel, to, to the Israelites, but you have proven yourself to be unworthy of eternal life. Now we turn to the Gentiles. And he never turned to them again. Right. Has God rejected them? No, Romans says he hasn't. They can also be saved by just believing the gospel like everybody else. Okay. This harlot, riding this beast, speaking of city Jerusalem, trying to be like all these other kingdoms. I am the greatest. I am the best. Not worshipping God, but worshipping Babylon, becoming like Babylon, Babylon the Great, Drunk on the blood of the saints, God said, it's time to end this. So, I think it's Luke chapter 20. He said, when you see, it's the, I think it's Mark chapter 13 and Luke chapter 20. I'm not exactly sure. The one says, when you see the leader in the wrong place, you know it's coming. The other one, when you see you're surrounded, you have to flee to the mountains. Okay? So, here comes Tiberias of Rome. And they came from three different directions. And they surrounded, with four legions, they surrounded Jerusalem. And they, Jerusalem was under siege. So from 67 to 70 AD, there was that Jewish war. They subdued all the rebellions. And then as soon as Vespasian became emperor of Rome, he sent his son to finish off Jerusalem. 70 AD. To destroy the city, to burn the city, to end the holidays of that city, God is done with that city. Galatians chapter 4 says, 
the new Jerusalem is spiritual and she is our mother. Okay? So there's nothing for you in the city of Jerusalem in the Middle East. There's nothing. It's just like it's good to have a sight to see the, all, how all the stuff of the Bible played out there. But it's not a holy city. Holy may be full of holes, but it's not, it's not a holy city. It's not holy unto God. You are the holy city. You are the holy city of God. You are the city set on a hill. You are holy and precious unto God. You who believe in Jesus, who have uh, joined the spiritual mountain, have joined the spiritual city. Okay. So you are not the sand of the sea. Out of the sand, the sand of the sea rose the beast. You are the stars of heaven. All right. Is it clear? Is there something that I jump around too much? Okay. So next week, I'm going to just talk about uh, the 70 weeks of years of Daniel, uh, in which is the only possible scripture that they can use to have a, a futuristic uh, seven-year period of tribulation. And I'm guaranteeing you the Bible says that it is already fulfilled. And I can prove it. All right. So uh, I don't want to say too much more because there's a lot of information there. But I think, I think the... Point of all of this is, all of this is fulfilled in Scripture. Revelation does not is not a futuristic book. Revelation is fulfilled. The only thing that still needs to fulfill, be fulfilled, is the is the uh, the Spirit of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the kingdom of God must be visibly manifested all over the earth. Um, the uh, the kingdom of God must uh, the, the the glory of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord must fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. That's God's agenda. God wants glory. God wants to bring revival all over the earth. God wants no one to be lost. He wants everyone to be saved. So uh, His glory is ever increasing and abiding. All right. So, amen. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. If anyone has any uh, need for prayer, please come forward. We'll pray for you. Um, but now, everyone watching, bless you, if you're still watching. <laughs> so, we'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. Thank you for watching. Be blessed. Oh, yeah, there's the email address if you have any questions. If you want to throw me with stones, there's the email address. You know, um, but if, you, if something is unclear and you have another question of another scripture, please send me an email. I'll answer it gladly. All right. Be blessed, if I can. <laughs> Be blessed, everybody. See you tomorrow. Amen. Whoa.